welcome back to 7525. We just want to say thank you to all of our listeners. I hope you're enjoying our podcast. Um, if you are, remember to like, share, press the little heart button, whatever it is that you do on whatever platform that you use. Turn the notifications on. Yeah, apparently that's a thing. So yeah, please do that. Okay, so we have some special guests with us today that we've talked about a few times, right, Vanessa? Oh, yeah. Um, we have, like, secretly discussed you guys a few times. Just a few. Awesome. <laughs> You're our guinea pigs. We're trying new things. So, you know, we just use you as examples. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to start out by introducing yourself? All right, so uh, I'm Marco Reyes, currently an engineer at the station that I work at. I've been with the department for about 13 years now. And uh, it's just a, what an opportunity I have to be on this podcast. And I uh, just want to reach out and say thank you first. Aw, we're super excited to have you guys here. Awesome. And then uh, I'm Jeremy Brambila. Been in the fire service for nine years, and I'm currently a truck engineer. And uh, thank you guys for inviting me. Yeah, my name is Emilio Valencia. Been in the fire service for 16 years, currently a captain. And uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation as well. Thanks for having us. We were just, so before you guys actually got here, we were just talking about how excited we are because we've been wanting to get you guys for a while. <laughs> you guys, when we were first starting out doing this and we, we were just talking about it, you guys were like the first people on our minds, like, okay, this is who we need to have on. So we are definitely excited. Literally to have you the guys first here. people on our list of people we would like to interview. Yeah. We, I feel like we, uh, or I feel like we're probably the worst people. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> or uh, better yet uh like not the right candidates or i'm not i don't know i would have never thought i'd be here so thank you for the opportunity again yeah same here it kind of feels like a little bit of pressure but but it's exciting there's no pressure there's <laughs> no pressure no pressure don't don't fuck up though got it Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really we've been looking forward to this like for a while and we've referenced you guys a few times. I don't know if you've heard it on any of the podcasts, but we, we have referenced you guys a few times saying like, well, eventually we're gonna have these guys on. <laughs> so we're pretty excited about this. That's awesome. It's really hard to like coordinate all of you guys together. So, you know, at one point we were like, okay, can we just like show up at the station? Would that be appropriate? And <laughs> just do it that way. <laughs> Bring our mics. <laughs> well, please talk to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so let's get into this. Um, the first thing we wanted to ask you guys is kind of what helped with your, with the whole buy-in process, because we know there's a big stigma around mental health. So what, what was the buy-in process for you guys? What helped? Uh, I'll start this off. Um, so kind of the big thing, I had Marco in my ear, and this is Jeremy. Uh, I had a Marco in my ear talking for months. Uh, mental health, mental health, and kept bringing it up. And at first, I wasn't really sold. I, I thought I had an understanding of how important it was, but just kind of brushed it off whenever it came up. Then um, he started bringing up uh, talking to clinicians and uh, reaching out and stuff like that. And if I would say the biggest part of my buy-in was having someone that I trusted and someone at the station with me as a partner and um, uh, opening up that conversation compared to, it wasn't something forcefully, it was something that I did on my own. Just wanted to try it out uh, after he kind of convinced me. So Marco, why'd you stay on it? To be honest with you, I feel like that started off from just the uh, dinner table conversations, the uh, after training conversations, or after the workouts conversations. Uh, the conversations were coming up a lot, especially uh, the firehouse that we worked at. Um, and if I can just kind of tell into our, uh, 
my answer to that question that you guys gave earlier, the buy-in stuff. So I think for me, the buy-in stuff came from um, being or seeing my close friends, uh, fellow firemen that I worked with that were struggling. I think I have a history of helping other people before I help myself. And so helping them, seeing the process and at times failing, just I kind of pushed for more. Um, I kept reaching out for people. I kept uh, trying to take care of the firemen that I worked for or wor and worked with me. Um, and that kind of, I don't know, that kind of got the whole, this whole thing started. Um, after reaching out for help and seeing the help they were getting, I was thankful enough that I reached out to the right people. Um, unfortunately, one of them doesn't work for us anymore at all, but I'm so glad that I met her. Um, she was the one that reached out for me and gave me the right help and moved me in the right direction. And I would definitely say that she, uh, <laughs> It was very forceful, um, and I'm glad that it was because it was needed. It was very mm -hmm. much so needed. And definitely my buy-in was seeing that there was help um, and that there was the right help. Uh, there was a time in my life where I had reached out previously, and I had a very bad experience. And I only say that because I feel like people in our department have definitely felt the same way. And if I can say one thing, and I know we'll talk about this at the end, but uh, there's definitely the right way to get help. Uh, and I, I want to make sure that we... Uh, all of us here can, can kind of speak on that. I think that there is a right way to get help. Yeah, so for me, I was in the fire service for 14 years, almost 15 years, and I had a back injury. So I was actually off work for a year. During my year off, I had an opportunity for my system to, you know, now I know that the term is cool down, kind of offload a bunch of the stressors that we have just that we pick up naturally from doing the, the job that we don't even realize we're under. And so after that year off, I came back to work and we started just getting into the thick of everything, running the calls, going to the fatals, going to the everything we go to. And uh, I was just getting overwhelmed. And so the buy-in for me was the realization that something was different this go around and I wasn't able to process um, significant events like like I used to I, they weren't able to roll just roll off like they used to and so I was fortunate enough to work with individuals that were heads up a little bit more farther along with the mental health aspect of things in the fire service you know I had Marco to reach out to and lean on and he had some really good things to say and some things to try and so I trust him you know at, at work we rely on each other heavily, and so we build we build a rapport with each other, and uh, that helped me seek mental health options. So that's kind of what got me started. Aww, I I have some more <laughs> questions about the buy-in. Okay, I feel like um, maybe it wasn't like super all the way Why clear. Do, okay, I'm but it's them too. Kevin did the same thing. I'm throwing you guys underneath the yeah. bus. You guys all skated right past the buy-in because I told. <laughs> You're not even my clients, and I know how hard you guys fought this. So what what clicked for you? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'll go first on this one. I think, uh, yes, definitely I fought it in the beginning, and I still feel like I fight it sometimes. And yeah. I think the biggest thing is just that uh, it's also foreign. It's also new. You mm -hmm. know, we've integrated all this training our whole career, you know, on how to stretch hose or, you know, how to cut a hole in a roof or all these things. But this is all very foreign, all very new, and some of it, <laughs> it feels very, like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to try that, you know, and, uh, and here we are trying to incorporate these skills. Um, and mm -hmm. it's all very, very just new to us. But the biggest I think the thing that makes me buy in is seeing even though it's small or little, 
uh, the progress and knowing that the person that I'm talking to on the other phone, um, my clinician or the people that work, you know, for this program, that they give a damn. Um, it's very much so felt all the way around. And so it also uh, affects obviously my wife at home, who is obviously part of this program as well, uh, to see it, you know, full circle. And so some of the buy-in hasn't even come from myself. It's been so m from my support group, whether it's the guys at the station, they've been noticing something or my wife at home. And I think that, that alone right there, huge buy-in. And then all of a sudden my body's changing. I'm starting to see differences or feel differences. And, um, and I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for initially yeah, or not. No, but I think that feedback yeah. is super important because I feel like if you are completely changing and overhauling your system and all the things that you used mm -hmm. to do, if you don't have any feedback, positive feedback that it's actually working, you're not going to keep. Yeah, and I, I, I remember uh, very well when I first talked to my clinician in the beginning, it was all about, uh, hey, one, I don't want to be soft. Right. And two, um, I just want to <laughs> you uh, soft. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I don't want to be one of those guys. I don't want to be soft. You know, um, I think the exact opposite happened. I was able to go to more calls and, and feel solid, feel strong, feel good and still perform um, and then go home and feel solid and strong there, too. And and I hate the way that sounds because I really mean just uh, to be a good man, you know, to my family, to my wife um, and be very, you know, rested, feeling better. Mm -hmm. when, when I started noticing those things, it's like, okay, like the buy-in, whether, whether I wanted to admit it or not, it was definitely much so felt. And uh, even though times are still hard, you know, we still, you know, we still, we're still responding to calls every day. I still think that um, in those moments, it's easy to look back and be like, okay, you know, it is working. Um, my wife says so. <laughs> my support group says so. Uh, even when she doesn't or, you know, something's uh -huh. happening at home, it's still very much so, uh, you know, that support has been helping out. Yeah, I feel like there was definitely like an evolution of buy-in. Like yeah. we're still we're still buying into it and learning new things and reaffirming or practicing skills that we've learned. Mm -hmm. And then when we hear it from our significant others and that they're noticing uh, a difference, it definitely is more is motivating to keep keep going. Um, I think too a big part of the buy-in for me was the awareness and the education that we got through mm -hmm. Siri. That right. was huge. I feel yeah. like we had, you know, in the fire service, we're always, I mean, we kind of did it earlier. We introduce ourselves. You give a little quick rundown of your background. You go through the whole, hey, 16, 17 years. Mm -hmm. This is where I work. This is my mm -hmm. uh, experience, knowledge. I felt like we kind of received some of that. We had some very valid speakers. We had some very competent um, people stand up there and give us training that allowed us to understand the way that the the brain works mm -hmm. when we're on going through these stressors or going through these incidents and what happens not just at the fire station but once we go home and so that awareness that education that we received those first couple of days allowed me to buy in to what the rest of the program looked like so yeah that's I, huge I, I think the biggest thing like you said is we had that education yeah and the education gave us the awareness and yeah then the awareness was like okay buy in boom there it is yeah. let's move forward even if it was a little bit right even yeah. if it was like we're gonna try one thing you know yeah. right, we're gonna try that thing and then keep moving forward but definitely the education was huge yeah. huge yeah um because it gave us the blueprint because i felt like we yeah. were fighting it at first oh, like yeah. the first couple of days was like man this is yeah. overwhelming <laughs> this is intense like yeah. but you know hey let's give it a shot we're here for a reason let's go and then it just kept developing into what it is now and that's, i feel like we're still developing you know yeah surface level yeah. stuff yeah
So yeah, it was. Uh, I thought I was coming into the retreat when I did that open-minded. I even told myself, "Oh yeah, I'm really open-minded coming into this." And then uh, reflecting on like day at the end of day two or day three, I was like, I was not. I was not open-minded to that at all. I was fighting it the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, once that knowledge, once we started getting going through it and seeing the high quality amount of education and, and you could see it in real life, uh, that's when that my first little baby step of buy-in. And so I think you guys bring up a good point because it is a little chunk every time. The mm-hmm. further along it goes, uh, like up that ladder, I feel a little bit more buy-in. I always, at least I picture clients like a yo-yo. You know, you get a yo-yo and you feel like it's going really good and you're like, fuck yeah. And then, and then it catches and you're like, shit, and you have to wind it back up. Mm-hmm. You know, because like, I'll have someone that's doing really good and they're, they're like sticking to the weekly and they're responding and mm-hmm. they're doing all the shit right. And then out of nowhere, you're like, hey, what's going on? Or how are you doing? And you're trying to like, you're trying to tell them like, hey, it's, you need to fucking schedule something without telling them like, hey being so direct and then sometimes you have to get to that point but I think part of it is at least from what I've heard correct me if I'm wrong (laughs) you start to you get in a rhythm of feeling good and then you feel like you don't need to rely on it so you're like oh I could cut back on this a little bit and then stuff starts to go shitty and then you're like fuck like do I want to reach out and admit this or do I reach out and like okay now I want to reach out I remember 100% yeah I remember for sure when when uh when I first started talking to my clinician that there was definitely that happening where it was like all right I talked to you once I'm good you know or we did the program we're good okay I can go three weeks four weeks five weeks without talking to uh, my clinician and definitely life was not going as good as I thought it was or definitely as good as it could have been going if I was doing the the checkups or the conversations or or the times with the clinician I I definitely feel like that was happening and so you start to feel good or you think you're doing good Mm -hmm. because you did something but it's definitely not as good as it could be Uh, that routine stuff right that that maintenance stuff you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) we get we kind of like amp up a little bit every Mm -hmm. week and we're still feeling good and still feeling good and it's just like uh I don't know, you, you operate, that becomes normal. Yeah. Your elevated system becomes normal mm-hmm. week to week. And then it's four or five, six weeks later. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll get a, a verbal nudge from one of these guys. Hey, have <laughs> you talked to such and such lately? <laughs> no. no, why? Just wondering. Just checking thing. in. Yeah, yeah, you said it perfect right now. Um, but if I can say one thing is I, I feel like this ties back to the whole like, well, I don't need help. We're so used to not reaching for help. Mm-hmm, We're mm-hmm. so used to not uh, not speaking up and like uh, obviously one reaching reaching for a clinician or a clinician, let alone calling them back. And I I feel like that kind of um, our brain traces or you know our yeah. old habits uh, take us back to that. Like oh you know what I'll I'll wait for that big event to happen. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I'll wait for that big thing to happen where my whole life is you know a disaster and then and then I'll call. Or I have guys that'll tell me like, oh, I, I just think I know how busy you are and I didn't want to bother you with this thing. And I'm like, dude, that's that's literally my job. But part of this is really confusing. Yeah. You do yeah. this constantly. You go on for three weeks and you feel a little better and you drop off. And then all of a sudden I haven't talked to you for five weeks and you're back on my caseload and everything's on fire, for mm-hmm. lack of better words. And now I have yeah. to fix way more shit. Have you just kept talking with me for mm-hmm. a normal rate? Not that even yeah, it has well, to be yeah, every week. like them finding a, like a fire and like why didn't you call sooner well it was small i really didn't want to bother you and I like i figured i could put it out with a water hose yeah. 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 
And I think we do yeah. get those calls, right? We show up to that scene and they're like, I'm sorry to bother you guys. We're like, no, it's our job. We're yeah. here. We're happy. Yeah. yeah. What do you need? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you. Same thing on our side. It's yeah. literally no, our I job. I, I, I'm awesome. telling you, I feel like it's definitely one of those, like I still fight it where it's like, we've been our whole careers, you know, we're not going to ask for help. We want to fix things. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. fixing things. Yeah, we're yeah. fixing I got things. this. Yeah, we right. got this. You know, we've. And this problem doesn't seem big enough. Correct. Yeah. And it, and it's, and it is. It's huge <laughs> for some of us, you know, mm-hmm. but we okay. still don't want to admit it and we're not going to speak up. I think that's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Or like something made, something made you feel good and you're feeling better. So maybe you don't have to do it as much now. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if something ties, I'm just thinking about this, but I'm wondering if something ties back to that because you guys go and take care of a problem, right? You resolve it and it's resolved. Mm-hmm. So is there anything in your minds you guys think that like you talk to a clinician, talk about the problem and it's resolved? So in your head, you're like, hmm, I'm good for a while. I think there maybe is a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. A little bit of checking boxes. Yeah. In, in yeah. a way. Yeah, I no, fixed it already. Big, but yeah. <laughs> and I'm moving on. You know? That's good. Yeah, but yeah. problems aren't, aren't that easy to fix. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no. So. That's a really good point. Because, yeah, I do think, like, you guys are used to just closing out and moving on. And mental mm-hmm. health is, it doesn't have to be hard, but it does have to be lifelong, depending on if you want to stay in this line of work. So you have to keep working at it or making sure that you're keeping it in front of you which is a very different than what you guys are used to on a daily basis it's not a checkbox that you can just mm-hmm. get rid of and we yeah. have plenty of times heard um so and this is the first conversation right we're on the phone for the first time and they're like so this is going to take more than one session huh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely i'll talk to you next week yeah, i was just gonna say uh, the, the uh, what feeling uncomfortable with knowing that this is going to be part of my life now mm-hmm. um but if i could be an advocate of something you know it would definitely be that this has to be part of your fire life or fire career um but it definitely the be, feeling uncomfortable of knowing that hey this is going to happen every two weeks or every you know week for some of mm-hmm. us um or more frequent um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's definitely needed and so um, i know for sure that there was times where i'm like I can't, this isn't me. I'm not going to be doing this mm-hmm. for the rest of my career. There was those moments where I had those thoughts. And again, that goes back to, again, kind of fighting it, you know, coming in here. I don't know, people use the word jaded, I guess, or yeah. disconnected or not wanting to be part of something. But no, I definitely. Uh, yeah, I view it as like preventative maintenance, yeah. you know, in a, in a way. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you kind of, you're going to do your oil changes. You're going to check the tires. At certain intervals, it's how you keep that equipment. You make sure it's a check-in. Yeah, you know, you know what what mileage you're at, so you got to do this service. That's are you taking notes, Vanessa? And uh, (laughs) I took my car to have its oil changed. Fuck off! (laughs) (laughs) And I put gas in it yesterday, so I'm winning. When you drove like zero for like ten miles, whatever. If we had a light, like just pop off. That would tell us like check engine light. <laughs> <laughs> that would be super yeah. beneficial. Well, for some people right. like me, I put a sticker over it and pretend it's not there. So yeah. I don't know if that would work for some people, but That's yeah, if it pretty much what we you. do. Yeah. 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 But what's really cool is we we keep checking in with each other with that preventive maintenance, I think, and uh, we I feel like I constantly gain skills from the clinicians and everybody, and and then that allows me and us to better serve each other and other folks at the fire station. I feel like, um, you know, we, I feel like we know or have gained a lot of skills that it's almost like a responsibility to share them with other mm-hmm. folks. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and that's a good thing because we've all been to incidents where 
we don't necessarily know what to do to fix it Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that's a terrible feeling Mm -hmm. and uh having somebody there yeah Yeah, that needs help Mm -hmm. you know it but you can't help them because you don't know Mm -hmm. what in in this stuff you know there's a lot of folks out there that need help and i think we're a little bit yeah yeah yeah. and so there's there's skills that we can give to like hey this is easy you could just try this right now mm-hmm. you know um, mm-hmm. but then rest. you're gonna get the yeah. and then the whole foreign thing happens or they don't know or understand they don't have the education like we do now yeah. you know um, so the more people know the education you know the better that that right there that alone yeah. that buy-in and they can they can do those same skills and it'll help them out every day yeah I think that's huge huge skills you can use right away right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. so and it changes the landscape for us too the 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 station starts to change a little bit. Mm-hmm. The fire ground starts to change a little bit. Dude, I'm I'm just gonna say this right now, but I I love the whole preventative maintenance thing. Um, just using that is a clear example of uh, or metaphor of how this mental health, you know, and how we can use it. You know, when I get to a certain mileage, I need something else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I need a service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My ten hour services, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I need, yeah. Uh, yeah, I need a fifty hour right now. Yeah. <laughs> compliance inspection but you know i do feel like that's a a good way to look at it because that's every day and if you look at your brain you know as the the vehicle so to say or the apparatus that's in service running the calls day in day out yeah that's our brain that's our body and we check that every day Mm -hmm. so it's awesome it's awesome to look at it like that yeah it makes sense it makes it make sense yeah yeah so you guys like having the knowledge behind how the brain works, going in with therapy, not just the. Do what I say. How do I say yeah. it without? A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm yeah. I, I feel like if you would have just said, "Hey, this is this is what you got to do," and not put that why behind it, it would have been hard to. I would have been questioning it. Wouldn't have been sold off. So when uh, going through that that uh, retreat and when the doctor actually broke it down mm-hmm. and uh, explained all that, it it really drove it home and made made me understand the why and how our body reacts, why our body reacts, or what's going on, and and all that stuff really sold me. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you know we're all firemen here, doesn't it? Most of, if not every, training that we do. We like to know every way of how to do something, how to fix it, uh, how it works, yeah. and then that way we can implement it out in the field. I very much yeah. so the, the mental health stuff, right? Like they oh, ex- totally. they explain yeah. everything to us, how everything works, and then here we are. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Explaining the whys. We were talking about the importance yep. of that earlier, right? I was going to say, uh, it's not my analogy, it's mm-hmm. somebody else's. It's like when you're first learning pump theory, you know, you look at the pump panel, and it's so overwhelming. And you know that certain things do certain uh, functions, but you don't know how to operate them. You don't know what levers to pull on. You don't know how to run pressures, mm-hmm. pressure reliefs. Um, but when you learn the pump theory behind it, it all starts to make sense. And you know when to put pull levers for certain discharges and for certain scenarios. All of a sudden, so, yeah. You're uh, yeah. so much more aware, uh, confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Whether it's out on the field pumping or, you know, working on your brain. You know, that whole the whole pump theory is all explained. That brain yeah. theory, or yeah. mental health theory, or whatever we're gonna call it moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> we need to come up with uh, some type of name to call that. <laughs> but it does help. Yeah. It does help lay out that foundation. It helps with moving forward. It helps with the explanation of everything. And for all of us, I, I think that's that's a huge step in buying. Yeah. 
I feel like the initial retreat was like, here's pump theory, here's the basics. And then every single time, whether through it's like through sessions or follow ups. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, the basics now, let's get into a little bit more advanced stuff. Right? Because you know, the basics, you can switch gears a little bit. And okay, this scenario is presenting itself. Um, Use the advanced skills this way. Dude, what a good way to look at it. Because think about it when you first showed up at the firehouse and you just knew the basics. You went through the whole Firefighter One Academy, but things have changed, right? Now, not only are you competent in what you're doing, but you're able to apply different things, new ways of doing stuff. Um, and, and everything is, I wouldn't say that much different, but it's got its own way. And you've grown so much from that academy, right? And now yeah. you're here, you're, you know, you're yeah. a captain, you know, engineers. And so, uh, again, the that progress that you make from those reps yeah uh, sessions follow-ups you know retreats all tuning that stuff. Yeah. yeah that tuning the basics yeah. are still there the but basics are still there exactly it all more, goes right back yeah, yeah. it comes more natural to do it under those stressful situations yeah. you know if you're yeah. if you throw that ladder exactly. uh, that 24 100 times under stressful situations will become a little easier so it's comparable yeah. to mental health if you're constantly doing this it'll come a little easier than just doing it one time and that's it you're done yeah, those you reps got it. for mental health yeah, yeah. i love it <laughs> yeah. when you're running hot you'll be able to implement these skills kind of yeah. Yeah. absolutely that's a good point mm-hmm. and i'm sure without having those basics if you were to if it was like your first conversation with a clinician and you were discussing some of those more advanced things right off the bat they'd be like what the hell yeah. are we yeah, talking no. about yeah this lady's crazy yeah, <laughs> yeah. people yeah. already think clinicians are crazy so we don't want to do that <laughs> I feel like the benefit of us doing it as a crew and now we're able to throw out those key terms like hey i'm running hot right now and all three of us are on the same page and we know exactly what that means so that also helps in mm-hmm. in continuing this with keeping each other accountable and and checking in on each other and it yeah. doesn't have to be a a deep conversation or we, we don't need it you know i'm running hot right now boom we all click we all know exactly what that term means so yeah. i just have to say for our listeners because you just threw it out there <laughs> we've used the crew uh-huh. numerous times <laughs> <laughs> so now they know who we're talking about oh, yeah. <laughs> which kind of goes great and we were going to talk about it later but since you guys brought it up can you guys talk a little bit about what it's like to support each other when you're at the station or at home how does having this support system really make it or break it for you guys as far as your healing and how you deal and cope with things because this is a dynamic we've we don't have anywhere else no uh, I would say the f- like it's it's a blessing. I feel like uh, we're we're able to read each other, see each other um, on an incident. We're able to pick that up right away, pick up those little key signs, and then those terms. I, I feel like those uh, those I like when uh, those come up. You know, hey, it's better. Like it's easier to understand when someone's saying to you like, hey, you're running hot, and now you know. Uh, compared to when you're in that moment, you're not able to fully. Uh, understand what's going on and when you hear that it's like almost a little reset like oh wait i, I need to reevaluate I need to ground myself a little more it's definitely been a been a blessing uh what an opportunity to have the same guys that uh showed up to a retreat you know you get to go to the station and work with um it's definitely we're able to pick up on some different cues on each other i think um and kind of hold ourselves accountable yeah and i think that's a big one you know mm-hmm. um but we're able we're going to the same calls you know, we're working the same shifts, we're running the same incidents. And so it really um, just lines everything up with the mental health stuff. And so we're able to, again, just kind of hold ourselves accountable in those tough times or look out for each other. Um, and it might be, 
second nature to the person that's doing the check-in and the person that's being checked on is just like running hot or not you know unaware because things are happening in people's life because life happens and so there's been plenty of times at least for me where you know um I don't know if the right term is running hot for how I'd be feeling, but we'll use that for now. You know, I'm running hot, so to say, because of the incidents or I have things going on mm-hmm. at home. Um, and here comes Emilio or, or Jeremy and they, you know, hey, how's, how are things? Or have you talked to your clinician? Or, you know, what if they didn't work with me? Yeah, that might, you know, text message might do it, but in person is way different. And it, and it mm-hmm. might just be that I need to vent out to the guy or something and, um, or something needs to happen in that conversation alone we make a lot of progress with it and so again that accountability that comes from having each other at the station is huge so you guys yeah, have been on calls blessing. together yeah yeah have yeah. we been on calls yes. together? <laughs> 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 how does that cross over when you guys have calls that you know might bother each other like what do you what do you do at that time what do you do on the ride back to the station what does that look like how do you help each other um, this, we, this, this is you, Emilia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is my <laughs> And if you don't say it, I'll say it for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we have different, um, I guess, tools, I would call them. But it's it's basically just a quick pause, and we know each other. You know, we can kind of read each other's body language or inflections, tones in the voice, that we know that, okay, maybe we take a little bit extra time mm-hmm. after this incident before we go right back in service and start running calls um, we just kind of check in with each other, whether it's at the tailboard, process the incident in a positive way and put a positive spin to it. Or, you know, sometimes it's really hard to put a positive spin on any of these calls. And so it's just kind of hanging out with each other and maybe grabbing a cup of coffee mm-hmm. or we, you know, we dubbed it shoot a cruise <laughs> and we're shooting a cruise for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes it's just silence in the cab. And then we it's got different looks. Yeah, it looks different every single time. But the good, uh, I, if I could say one thing, no, I, I don't want to cut you off, Miller, no. but um, I feel like just being in the fire service and somewhat knowing how to fix, you know, bad situations, right? We go to incidents and we take care of incidents. Mm-hmm. But we just went to this bad incident or this call, you know, um, we want to fix it. And so I think naturally we've done some things but we didn't know what we were doing, right? right? Whether yep. they were, um, you know, talking smack in the, in the cab of the rig, right? Or we go back to the firehouse and, you know, the, the games and the floor, which is, you know, when things became deliberate, when things became intentional to us, that, hey, we need to either, this is a coping mechanism and we need a little diversion. It's like, okay, this is progress. Mm-hmm. But before, it, we didn't know, you know, nobody knew. But we were kind of doing some things, you know, I don't want to discredit that, you know, for a little bit, you know, I feel like we had great leaders, um, some one of them being here, that was able to, um, you know, look out for us in that way. And so now not only, you know, can we implement that little bit of it, but now we're intentional with it. Now we are creating, now this is a coping mechanism. And as a crew, we all know that it's intentional that, Hey, we are going to go back. Can we digest the incident a little bit, talk about what we did and be proactive about it? Absolutely. But then let's talk about something light, lighthearted, like something funnier, you know, comedy mm-hmm. or like you said, shoot that cruiser, you know, to go for a little drive and kind of get our brain somewhere else instead of, going back to the station talking about the incident so we were yeah. living it and then you just go back into your own little spot or you know you're on your own or you know you're now you're getting the equipment or equipment back in service and no one's really talking to you because everyone's reliving that moment that's mm-hmm. how unha- to yeah. me that that's very that feels unhealthy you yeah. know whereas when we can go back now and we're a crew yep. and we're again holding ourselves accountable and kind of not letting um, our partners kind of go in or drift isolate. away and isolate. Yeah. yeah. And so now we can be intentional with like, no, let's, this is what we're going to do. 
and it's good mm-hmm. for you. And and I don't, I, we didn't come up with any of this, but the science is there. Right? Right. That's why we yeah. have the yeah. the fundamentals or the the uh, the foundation of what we learned. Yeah. You know, but it makes everything a lot easier for us to do, especially after a call or back at the station. It's just. Yes. I, I feel like I see it a lot more now. I notice those things a lot more where some, sometimes I'm working an overtime day somewhere else or we have a, a few overtime people and we do have a bad call and uh, we do kind of isolate, go back to our normal routine. And uh, then there's other days, um, I think about the, we had uh, one of my top five worst days at work. And uh, as soon as we got, as soon as we got to the cab, Emilio started playing one of the funniest songs ever and uh, instantly brought a smile to my face. Uh, I had like, good goosebumps and 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 so i now i i reflect back and i notice the huge difference of just doing those little positive things each day and what they do instantly uh you can start working on that right as soon as the cab cab door shuts as soon as you you hit the air brakes to go back in service and so right that's that was been my biggest takeaway from doing the little small positives every day yeah and and knowing it's intentional right like does he play this song because we just went through this bad call or no it's actually to get our brains to you know function in this direction versus the bad right in a good way versus a bad way right once you know that it's like yeah let's 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 live this you know or let's move on this way yeah because you know? i feel like we can very easily go um in a in a tailspin yep. and start re-ingraining all the bad stuff or the smells or the everything you see or feel every, every single part bad. of the incident yeah. yeah and you know that stuff starts popping up at, at the kitchen table mm-hmm. and all we're doing is reliving it re-ingraining it making those ruts deeper mm-hmm where we could still talk about the call and process it and put positive spins on it, but we don't necessarily get into the, the crazy core mm-hmm. significant thing. Um, I think that's another thing that we kind of try and do is. Or at least that's what, I, I feel like that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to like, hey, we're gonna talk about this incident because we just went through this, but uh, the positive side is like, can we be, uh, can we incorporate some new tactic or can we fix something that we did on the incident? Mm-hmm. And we might not be going into, every, you know, how we dotted every I across every T, but, w- w- you know, we'll talk a little bit about it because I feel mm-hmm. like we're still processing the incident. I think that has to happen naturally. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, maybe you girls can tell us, but, you know, that I think that still has to happen for, you know, for the time being. But then that positive spin, at, you know, at the end of it is what to me makes the biggest difference and the biggest change of what used to happen before. So yeah. we would talk about the incident, but not have a positive twist at the end. Yeah, quick you know? AAR. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very yeah. black and white. Yeah, very policy driven. Yeah. You know, yeah, this is what we're going to, yeah. You check the boxes. I do think that there is a, like, I don't want to say right and wrong way to do it, but there's definitely, like, you can. <laughs> funny that you mentioned the dinner table because we've been talking about that a lot lately like the dinner mm-hmm. table talk is like make or break it for a lot of our guys because it, it can easily go super negative and if all you're doing is debriefing all the negative shit in the call you know that that's what you're going to focus in on and mm-hmm. not that we're saying like as mental health as mental health clinicians like don't talk about the calls ever you have to debrief because that's part of your job but there is a good way to debrief and there's a bad way to debrief and you can go through and go well this fucked up and this fucked up no that yeah that was bad too and then you walk away from the dinner table and now everybody's amped up and focusing on all of the negative versus you can go okay this went well this didn't go well but you know what like we're good the call's over you know and you go into that positive spin like you were talking about but well, we did everything we can yeah that self-talk piece of it mm-hmm. or the you know even if you mess something up being able to say or, or if something new comes up, maybe you didn't mess anything up, but the, there's just a new situation and it didn't go exactly how you would like it to go. Had you been able to, 
you know, have training on that specific situation before. So maybe instead you say, okay, so if this ever happens again, let's do, let's do it like this. And you talk about it that way. Right. That's good because it is important technically. It is important to make sure you're closing out that call for yourself so you don't go back and think on it. You know, or you don't end up having nightmares or the day intrusions, all that lovely stuff. You don't want to do that. So it has to close out. You have to process it. It's just how you process it is going to determine what happens later with it. Are you processing and closing or processing and opening? That's been uh, what I was right. just going to speak on was, I don't know, and inherently has just kind of become my, the way I close the incident. So we come back to the station and we kind of talk about something about the call. And then mm-hmm. that slowly has started to become how I close the incident. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't have anything to put a stamp on it yet. You know, I haven't gotten that far on how to close this incident, but mm-hmm. this is part of the process. This is we'll get you there. a stamp. Yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say maybe we should purchase like a big red like pressy button thing <laughs> yeah. that we can like tape to your guys' wall and as yeah. you guys are walking in, you know, you hit the little buzzer and a it's done. Five to the buzzer. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Close it out. The staples. They have a ton of those different yeah. you can get different sayings. Yeah. <laughs> this is we used to have that one, I think. Sings a little yeah. happy song. That might do the opposite for us sometimes. Yeah. 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 Dude, turn that song off. Don't hit that, <laughs> don't hit that button. Yeah. It's definitely uh-huh. a process because uh, I do feel like we have to talk about it. Like you said, we have to process the mm-hmm. call and close this incident. But then we also, because we also have to move on, the next call's coming. And so whatever tools or whatever we can implement as quickly as possible and kind of prep us for that next call. I think, uh, and I think I told you this in in the beginning was, um, I want to do this mainly because I know it's going to help me at home, but because I also think it'll help me at work. Um, it'll help me for the next call. And that's what I remember telling you. I was like, I want to be ready for the next call. Yeah. And if I can throw this out there, um, I know from the beginning and like, Going back to the retreat, there was this worry because a lot of people, you know, they struggle with PTSD and then they retire. Mm-hmm. So there's that worry of like, oh, well, am I supposed to like, am I supposed to retire now? Is that what you guys are saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So knowing yeah. that yeah. you can still work and have a healthy, long career yeah. if you take care of yourself. Yeah. To me, the, yep. the driving force behind that is. Um, and I, I don't mean to offend anyone, but I think the personality exists where you hear firemen they talk bad about running calls or, you know, they're kind of tired, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, again, I hate to sound, uh, a fireman-ish. I don't even know if that's a word, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I love this job. You know, we all started doing this because, you know, we loved it, you know, and, uh, I want to love it you know, until the end. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I want to run the calls and I want to keep running them and, as long as this body can still keep going I want to keep loving it you know and so Mm -hmm. um, I think for sure I remember having the conversations with you guys of like well what am I supposed to do now that I have PTSD am I going to retire you know is that the best option or now I have to go somewhere else like no Um, I think the biggest thing is learning that this is what keeps me going every day and this is what keeps me going to the next incident and this is what's going to create the longevity in my career and I still want to cheesy as it sounds but still be happy running calls you know I think that's the biggest thing because I feel that way right now and I want to make sure that um, as I get you know older in my career and get to where Emilio's at now, you know, uh, I can be happy or I can be um, excited to still run these calls, any call. It you guys all look so young, I can't tell that there's an <laughs> age difference at all. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> so. 
when uh yeah. when this first started coming up and then talking to the clinician that's what i thought right away i was like oh no they're gonna throw this ptsd label on it as soon as uh, i talked to a clinician and then something's gonna happen career-wise so i was real nervous and then after i i want to say i asked her the first time i was like hey is this is this gonna take me like am i gonna be have to be pulled from duty she was like no 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 and then the retreat came up and that's when i was like oh red flag no way they're gonna pull me off the rig i'm never gonna be able to work again and then uh yeah now that's totally gone out the window for me would you say yeah, that it's that, helped you yeah, yeah absolutely like, it, it, it's I mean, like, complete opposite yeah now i'm I, at least i feel like i i'm better at calls or at work you know oh, yeah. and i'm and i'm and i'm not saying i'm I'm perfect in any way, but I'm saying I'm making progress, you know, where let's be honest, mental health can drive you in the complete opposite, opposite way, you know, or not take care of your mental health, you know, and now you're not doing so well at calls and it's affecting your home life and it's affecting work and it's affecting all these things. Well, this help has 180 and all of a sudden, yeah, I am. I do like going to work and I do like going to calls. And again, it sounds so cheesy to me to say it, but um it's very it's very evident it's very true it's very it does happen and i don't yeah. think it's cheesy i think enjoying your job and finding ways to continue to do your job is what keeps you from becoming keeps you from becoming the selfie old man that you guys probably look at and go why are you even still in the field <laughs> sorry i'm just saying what is what it is right like you, i guarantee if i asked you to think of one person all of you guys would probably pop one person in your head right now and go yeah i know that's exactly who i don't want to be because yeah. they probably lost the love for their job mm-hmm because of all the other shit that comes along with it. And so being able with you guys being as young as you are and still having a good amount of time left in your career is figuring out like, how do I keep showing up every shift and continuing to love it? Not that I love going to the crappy calls, but at the end of the day, I, I do still like what I do. Absolutely. The underlying thing, I like helping people or whatever it is that value that underlies it for you, keeping your eye on that. And I think and that, that, that happens in every career, honestly. That's not just like as first responders, that's every career because we'll see people and we're like, oh, this psych is just trying to make a dime. They don't give a fuck, mm-hmm. you know, and that's annoying as shit. Yeah. That'll like that'll make me mad real fast, you know. So I, I think that that happens everywhere and like keeping track of yourself and checking yeah. in and being yeah. healthy. That's really important to continue to like what you do. I was just going to say that that might be a clue for us as first responders is when when we're not necessarily having fun or getting that joy that we used to because it's cool it's good Mm -hmm. to like your job like (laughs) how you guys are saying we ran uh we did some training with another state agency helicopter crew uh, a week or so ago Mm -hmm. and those dudes just you could tell they absolutely loved what they did and they were there to do it all day long multiple times Uh, it was fun it was their enjoyment their excitement was contagious yeah. You know, and, and it, it's good. You know, and I, I think maybe that's one of those things that why am I not having fun right now? Or mm-hmm. why is this bugging me? Like mm-hmm. that's that's a might be a clue mm-hmm. that there's something else going on. One of the things I always self-reflect on is like we're I, all three of us were as soon as the tones drop, you know, we're still running out to the rig. We're still happy. And then yep. one of the things I use for myself is how like everyone loves going to fires. Everyone loves going to the the like the good car accidents, the good technical stuff. But uh, I use medical aids like the the calls that most people will say they don't like. I still enjoy those. And yeah. so um, yeah. oh, I say all tone drops is when I look back and I'm like, am I really happy going to this medical aid? Yes, I am. All right, cool. I'm yes. in a good yeah. state. And if I, 
if I ever look back and I say, man, I'm really grumpy on going to all these medical aids, I think that's that would be a red flag in my system. Like, hold on, I'm not doing good. What can yeah. I do to fix this problem? And so I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say something on that because I feel like the the fire service. Um, there's how many times have you heard when a new guy shows up to a station and it's like you get the the opposite. It's like pfft, you haven't run enough calls. You'll get to the point where you know you've run enough calls. You don't you wouldn't want you don't you wouldn't like going to medical aids or. You know, you're you're gonna you're gonna hate this one day. Watch now. And we've never been at a station, and we've heard that a thousand times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't ever want to get there, right? No. And I would never want to tell a, you know, a brand new guy that's showing up to the firehouse, hey, you're gonna hate this one day, or you're gonna run enough calls, or you're gonna like this. Like, no, I want to show him that you know you can be the captain or you know Emilio or whatever rank it may be that we can still run calls and still be happy and still be excited to go there. Um, yeah. It's not about. Uh, the the cheesiness about it or anything but more so just loving your job and loving what we do and i think the mental health or taking care of your mental health is part is a huge part of that you know so we don't get there and um, we continue to get that longevity of happiness in our career until the very end you know because one day i want to retire and i want to be the guy that can retire and be like and i loved being a fireman and i loved running calls to the very end you know i think we all have that goal Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think yeah. anybody, even the yeah. salty Absolutely. guys that are out there, right? I think the, yeah. <laughs> even the salty yeah. guys, right? Even those guys, I think they all started off. Right at some point, said that they wanted to, you know, oh, they yeah. want to run calls till, till the very end. You yeah. know, and I think uh, I think I think it's possible. I think it's very much so possible. One of the so. things that helped me remind myself is, you know, you look at most fire department stats. There's like some high number, seventy percent of medical aids are are what they're running. You know, of their calls are medical aids, mm-hmm. and so I look at that as a reminder. Is like. 70% of our calls, we have a chance to impact someone in a positive way. Mm-hmm. You could throw a positive spin on it, or you could go in there all grumpy and negative, and what is that going to do for you, your department, and the fire service as a whole? So I look at 70% of th- that many chances to do something positive in mm-hmm. someone's life. Absolutely. Yeah, and share so that, positivity out there. Yeah, yeah so that's what, one thing I always try to dig into my brain and as a reminder. Yeah, we're, we're privileged to respond to people's homes and try to make things better. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's such a rewarding job. It's but we, we can't perform to that level if we're not taking care of ourselves. Yep. Yep. Taking yep. care of the crews around us. That's the same thing. I think it can be easy to lose sight of that. Mm-hmm. And that's what it comes down to. You Very lose sight so. of why you're in this. Because the reality is, is I think even fire service first responders, compared to many years ago, your guys' workload has increased while staffing has decreased. And there's so many other things that have also contributed to that and inundated you. like. Even like the admin stuff, right? Like the emails and the scheduling and this checkoff list that you guys have to do, it's completely different. And then you add on the traumatic calls and the critical incidences, and then they don't teach you how to have good mental health. They, that's not part of really part of your academy. I think it is now the, like an hour of yeah. like, yeah. hey, 15 minutes. You know, <laughs> like, uh, don't be a pussy. That's what you guys get, and you yeah. know? And it's not real. No, it's at the academy, off you're. The box. Yeah. And your focus you're is so well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So you're not hearing it. Yeah. We've talked a lot about, generally speaking, you guys using coping skills and doing things to help bring down your system. So, what is it exactly that you use? What works for you guys, maybe as a group, but also individually? What are some of your favorite things that you like? Like, well, I guess not favorite things, but what are some of the skills that you like using that you feel are really effective? So, you want to know, like, at work? Both at home and at work. Okay. Yeah, I, I think we we probably all use different mechanisms for different stressors. So I know for me, um, breathing helps a lot, whether it's box breathing or uh, 
um, the double inhale exhale. Okay, what is that? I can, all I can like imagine. <laughs> and I'm, no, that, that's probably not no, appropriate. It's called a, I forget what it's called, but it's basically like this a sigh. Oh. Like you do two deep inhales or quick inhales. I'm sorry. Like, okay. And then breathe and out. And then you back. Is this and the you're one? just offloading. Yeah. Andrew Huberman talked about yeah. uh, on his podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You take one deep or one long inhale, and then a short. Yes. Quick inhale at the top of that. Yeah. Flip that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, man, I wish I could remember what it's called, but it's basically like a sigh. Mm-hmm. Do you and actually uh, kind of make almost a sigh like sound? No. I'm just curious. No, I just do a double inhale, like, <laughs> and you can't even hear it or no. see it. Yeah. I just do it. I literally do it when I'm going to a call. If it's something that's I'm already amped up or it's a first in working structure fire, just to I'll do it before I before we turn the corner or before I get on the mic and I literally start to feel a little bit more relaxed. And so I'll do that on incidents or if I'm gonna have a tough conversation with somebody, I'll, sometimes I'll do it when I'm laying in bed and trying to come back, go back to sleep after uh, after midnight wake up. Um, but yeah, breathing kind of helps for me amongst other things. I got one for like, uh, I have a few depending on what's going on, but like for when I'm running hot, uh, Vanessa actually has a recording that I ended up with and so um, when I'm doing pretty bad I like to listen to that one and kind of ground me out a little bit I start off like if I know if I recognize hey I'm running really hot um, I'm always listening to, to music and so I'll, I'll start off with music that it doesn't hype me back up and so then uh, uh, I start working in with that and then about 10 minutes after that I'll, I'll, I'll drop the recording and then uh, that that seems to work pretty good and so and then on like that's for for running hot if uh, I'm dealing with like a day intrusion because those are, those seem to be pretty big for me mm-hmm. I start working on reframing and so start thinking of like uh, positive things that I like and so um, people I'm gonna see get me really excited if I'm gonna go hang out with someone I really like or or uh, just an event I'm going to that I really like I try to reframe that and and turn whatever's going on to a positive you uh, I think we're pretty similar on some of those um, when I'm at work I love listening to music uh, music's always been a part of my life and so I've used uh, uh, music to be kind of one of my coping uh, mechanisms that I use uh, wait can I stop you for a second yeah did you have to change that music that you were listening to or did you keep it pretty much the same because like I've had guys who are like I listen to music but then it's really shitty music that doesn't help. <laughs> and I've had to explain, like, music is great if it's used in the right way. Remember I told you about being intentional with some things? So, yeah, yeah definitely, like, uh, changing the uh, the music for, um, you know, what I'm kind of going through. So, again, I'll be cheesy. Uh, but if I'm at work, you know, it's to kind of feel good after a call. It's going to be something a little bit more mellow, relaxing. Um, or if it's something where I'm at home with my wife, it it might have a little bit more of a romantic twist to it, but it just kind of preps me, kind of gets me ready, kind of gets my mind going in the right place. And again, this is only because I love music. I have music's been part of my life my, my whole life, as far as I can remember, um, and, it, and it still is. So music really goes a long way with me. Um, I will say that uh, one of the coping mechanisms that really helps me, and this is at home or at work, if I'm having a day intrusion, or if I'm just, something at, at home is not going right, um, I have on my phone, under my notes section, I know one of the clinicians helped me uh, create this, but a little bit of good self-talk mm-hmm. and then I also have pictures in there and so I can look at these pictures you know I don't have social media I don't have any of that stuff and so um, it's my like my happy place right and I can look at the look at the yeah. pictures that I have in there and it's a it's a I mean it's such an obvious reminder but for some weird reason we forget about it when we're having those days intrusions or those bad moments in our life but I can look at that phone look at my notes page read my self-talk because that's what first co- pops up and then it's pictures 
of uh, you know my wife or or moments of us traveling or my family or you know the guys um, but it's something that just it just brings me right back to reality um, and lets me know how happy and, and fortunate I am in my life and how blessed I am um, within the same page I have YouTube links to videos that I like that I found and, I, and and more music and so it's crazy because it's become such a second or it's such a habit to me now that I'm, I wrote down uh, some of the coping mechanisms and I didn't even write that one down because I feel like I do that one pretty pretty often. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But I will say that it, it's still tough, you know? Things are still tough and so um, I can still look at it though and, and it's gonna it's gonna change something. And um, I be, I'm a firm believer in a little bit of change is gonna make a, a little bit of change today is gonna make a big change later, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, another thing that's helped with coping mechanism, I think we could all speak on this one, is like the comedy stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, after incidents or uh, maybe someone's, you know, we've talked about something kind of heavy at the dinner table or or during one of our conversations or something. I think comedy has been a big one to kind of help um, kind of go through whatever tough phase we're going through. Yeah. 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 I feel like we all kind of do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what the cool thing about us all going through this it, to get, like together is is we do this a lot all day where we have we all three of us have that motivational app too and so we're sending quotes yeah. to each other all day mm-hmm. we're all sending day. dave Chappelle uh uh yeah. videos least, to each uh, other yeah. all day and uh and so when at work you brought up the music yeah um we have like 12 speakers <laughs> going on at the station 24 <laughs> 7 day and night and so uh we're we're uh we're trying to we all together we try to drive this stuff uh, and it's a lot easier when when we all know kind of we're on the same page and so uh to anyone that doesn't have that support system maybe reach out to to someone at the station that you really trust and and kind of push them along with you and start working on that building that relationship so yeah yeah because this is it makes it easier if if i'm falling off uh, i know emilio and marco they're pushing me hey hey, here's a song here's this quote and i'm like damn you're right and so having having that at the station is is another blessing i hate to sound bad but uh, I'll speak for just what happens directly uh, with me like we have these coping mechanisms and I have the crew that I work with right um, and I still find myself in these places where you know I don't want to use the word dark but yeah you know maybe it's not the happiest mm-hmm. place to be or the mm-hmm. best place to be but and maybe my my coping mechanisms that I have aren't there and or they're not working right but then boom you just said it right somebody w- within our group drops a motivational a word quote with a picture on it or the song comes on and Jeremy might have picked up a cue on me already where I wasn't feeling good or something and that music's gonna just kind of whoa mm-hmm. okay back to reality get out of this bad funk and let's move forward let's you know let's process what we're going through and then let's move forward and that right there I can't t- I can't tell you how many times that's happened uh, and again just kind of blessed and thankful that that I have the opportunity to work with these guys that have all been through the, the same you know same retreat I know I we could all pretty. pick a song for each other right now. As soon as yeah. we drop that, there'll be a smile on each one of our faces. They know my song, I know theirs, and so that ha- that happens quite a bit. Link yeah. up, uh, yeah, link, yeah. link up. <laughs> I would say we're pretty uh, pretty real with each other too. Like if it's something like we need to discuss or something that's you know emotional, we think we've all been pretty vulnerable with each other and mm-hmm. have that trust mm-hmm. that we can we can have pretty good conversations. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, which I don't think is, is found very often uh, at other 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 locations. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. say I don't ha- I don't know anybody else no. that has the dynamic that you guys have. And as much as it's shitty to be down there in like that dark place that you were talking about, I think as you're healing, those ex- instances happen less. But when they do happen, then you could kind of 
appreciate the progress that you have made because maybe you're not staying in them so long or you know you can go wow like that sucked but I didn't stay stuck in it or I've made a lot of progress you know up until this point and bad shit's gonna happen but at least I'm having more good times I will say that as you're saying that it's so evident to like or feel like wow yeah like uh, that dark place or that dark moment Mm -hmm. is just a moment yeah you know whereas before Mm -hmm. it was like wow never ending never ending yes it was becoming my life Mm -hmm. and so now it's like okay it's just a moment all right let's keep moving forward Mm -hmm. you know and I've asked for help um, through my clinician when I forget like sometimes I'm so hot or overwhelmed that I forget what tools that I learned right so Hey, can you remind me, you know, like, hey, what can, this is what's going on. Can I, give me some su- suggestions. This is what I've tried. I'm so amped up. Nothing's working right now. And uh, th- that kind of helps. How many times? One of the things, uh, I like planning vacations now. I think uh, I learned that. Yeah, awesome. so like, literally like on Expedia or <laughs> a couple other of those vacation apps, I'll Zion. build a package. Yeah, Zion. <laughs> or like sometimes in the morning. One wake up put tv on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i'll be like where do you guys want to go today guys all right mm-hmm, we're going to zion mm-hmm. or hey we're going to maui and we'll just put youtube maui videos yep, on and stuff yep. like that so sometimes That's he cool. shares that with us he has a, sh- yeah. uh, a zion <laughs> pre- pre-plan and with a bunch of pictures links and stuff like that it's really but cool hey, so it's something to look forward to I though like right to take notes yeah what's crazy is that we uh at least for <laughs> me is knowing that our brain our thoughts are going in that direction whereas i think we could all say like man they weren't like that before mm-hmm. so i think that then that's going back to what you just said that progress you know like man that's freaking mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. we're here talking about planning events and you know and the song makes us feel a little different like you know some of that stuff you, you would have you could have sat there or said sat me down and told me like this is what you're gonna feel you know next year or two years from now or three years from now and I don't like you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> so going back to, because y- you mentioned like f- forgetting and having to call and like, okay, what do I, what do I do? I, f- I forgot that. Um, I think it's important to note that that is actually very common. And Vanessa, I'm sure you've had those calls too, where someone is like in a moment and they're freaking out or their adrenaline is just really high. They're way over on that Yerkes Dotson curve, right? And um, I, I mean, I've gotten a call plenty of times like I'm headed home or I'm sitting outside my house and I, I just I just know I'm going to be a, I'm going to go and I'm going to be a dick. What do I do? I've gotten that call. That's like a very actually common call. That's a very, very common one. Or like, um, hey, like I, I know you said something would happen if I wasn't if I wasn't feeling good, if I wasn't doing this right. But like I just puked and I'm not sure why am I sick, you know, and checking checking back in and that's just because when you're way over on that you're Dotson curve right and you're very adrenalized you're going into fight or flight you have that autopilot and if you haven't you know really worked on those brain traces and this hasn't been paired very well it's not going to be an automatic thought for you so it's not like you're not paying attention or you're not trying and you're not you know trying to keep the stuff at the forefront it's it's just not your normal just yet we haven't right? built that muscle memory yet exactly mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like I keep hearing a bunch of terms that I would, uh, I think, or eventually I would have picked them up just talking to the clinician one-on-one, but that it really drove home going to the retreat. So I want to plug a retreat. If, if people have the opportunity to do that, definitely 
follow up with that because you're talking about the curve you're talking about uh when i was bringing up reframing data intrusions all this stuff it would have taken me a lot longer to uh, if i was doing the one-on-one um uh, clinician meets compared to going to the retreat getting that week's worth of information and understanding it and and uh, once again, plug. Uh, I'm gonna plug have, having a buddy system. You know, talking with that stuff because we would leave here, and I'd I'd ask, hey, we talked about this today. What is that really? What did you guys take away from that? And so, um, having those resources, and, and if you're able to go to retreat, definitely recommend. Yeah, I tell guys all the time, like if you can go and get this information crash course version, you're gonna get the same information, but it's gonna be a lot quicker, and you have the groundwork for us to like move forward. Unfortunately, that's not always an option. For other departments, you know, Cal Fire, as much as they have their issues, they do have some support compared to like smaller city departments might not have the funds to be able to send people to retreats and have it paid for. You know, it comes out of pocket and we all know how insurance is, but. No, that's a shame. Yeah, I wish it was more easily accessible to everybody. Yeah. Well, and and especially since um, with, I know with typical insurance, you have like. You know, you have your set amount of sessions, mm-hmm. but that that retreat time, you get so much information. I mean, how many how many therapy sessions would that be turned into, and how many hours would that take? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? that'd be like twelve sessions. I feel like it'd be a ton. A yeah. Yeah, yeah, at least yeah. at twelve if you're if you're smart and you're you're picking <laughs> shit up fast, right? Yeah, that'd be so. And also having a like a therapist who's culturally competent, which we've talked about that in previous episodes you're not going to get as much out of somebody who isn't culturally competent in what you guys are doing and how your body is responding physically and how that translates into those mental health symptoms. You can completely miss yeah. all of the important. It's like the why that we were talking about yeah. earlier. You're, you got that why to be able to understand why the tools work the way that they do and how to manipulate them to make them work for you. Yep, knowing what levers to pull. Yeah. And it's the delivery mm-hmm. too. Like, I think one of the big things is the delivery of information is very digestible Mm -hmm. it makes sense it's not um how would i say it you hear retreat and you're thinking something soft and you're laying on a couch you know and you're i mean we can let you have the couch no no No, we none of us i I think the majority of us don't want that yeah we're it's like the way i first initially was receiving it was like okay this is like a training Mm -hmm. i I think we even joked like is there gonna be a test on this because i'm not gonna (laughs) is there gonna be a test (laughs) <laughs> but um, but that made sense to us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh, poor you. You've been to these calls. You whatever. Um, or you're fucked was up like, forever. Yeah, no, yeah. not at all. It yeah. was like, hey, you maybe you are fucked up, but we're gonna fix it, and you're gonna mm-hmm. move forward. And you're gonna get better. Mm-hmm. You're gonna learn how to process this stuff. I so, actually had I a client really say that um, you guys calling this retreat is doing yourself a fucking disservice. And yeah. I was like, where's this headed? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then he said, um, it needs to be called a resiliency academy, not a retreat. And I was like, what? You, no. you, you hear, aca- I get it, what he's saying. I think he was, he was scared academy, initially yeah. of retreat. Yeah. You hear academy yeah. and you guys are all on the other no. side of that. You're no. the curve. You're yeah. like, fuck yeah. that. I'm, I'm out. out. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. Yeah. He heard retreat and was like, well, where do you want me to go? Yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> sauna or spa or something no, i automatically yeah. thought of palms like uh, oh, i hate palm trees, palm trees? don't yeah. do that to me yeah it would have been a bonus if it would have been hawaii or something but i thought we would have been that would, that would be that. nice i would do them more <laughs> if that were the case <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> your face you said uh culturally 
culturally competent yeah. uh-huh. uh, therapist. And uh, what's crazy is when I came to the retreat, I remember we we're learning all this stuff. And I remember sitting there and like, oh, they don't know. They don't know what I've been through. Mm-hmm. You, you don't run the calls I run. And you'll never understand. You know, right. some of those, I don't say I feel like that, but I, I'm pretty sure those those things were coming to the front front of my mind. And, and then all of a sudden, man, here comes all this knowledge. And they can group us into like <laughs> two, three categories. And they know us more than we, you know, more than we know each other or ourselves. I'm sorry. And uh, those things became very evident. And so you guys know your stuff, you know, and um that helps with more of that buy-in. And I remember talking to my clinician and being described what I was already feeling and me not saying a word, you know? Like mm-hmm. me not saying like, oh, I'm feeling this and my body's reacting this way. One, because I didn't even know that was happening. But <laughs> and, and two, I didn't have the yeah. information and you know, she was able to just deliver it. Like, I bet you feel this way. How do you know? I bet you feel this way and I bet you're doing this. How do you know? Well, check this out, you know? <laughs> and you here's know. all this information, you know? Wow. So definitely that uh, culturally competent you know, is, is there, it's huge. That, that makes the biggest difference. I think I've heard more horror stories of people that have tried getting help, you know, and uh, they get the wrong therapist. Mm-hmm, and how mm-hmm. unfortunate is that, you know, they reached out for help. They made the biggest step I think that you can make as a fireman is like finally, you know, extending your hand or finally making that call and asking for help and then you get that other help. You know, how messed mm-hmm. up that is. You know, what a bad experience. And then you can, you're gonna look at that word retreat and just be like, nope, I don't wanna do it or, you know, here's this help line or here's this phone number. You're like, nope, not going to do it. So, mm-hmm. uh, and night and day difference, you know? So. Yeah. And that, that's a uh, backtracking a little bit to the buy-in. That was yeah. one of the things I had heard some of the horror stories, only a handful, but I've heard some of them. And then it was like day or two or three where I was like, no, this is, you could tell it's mm-hmm. different. He, it's yeah. very different and yeah. they understand and they, they know. And we're not going to cry when you tell us something. Yes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So that, that was a huge, uh, huge step for my initial buy-in it's always unfortunate when you hear about someone that's had like really bad experience and then they say like oh i waited years because it was just so bad and you're like dang it you know someone did something wrong and it does it does suck to hear but i think it's important too i always tell people therapists are not a like one size fits all thing you know if you talk to somebody and you don't like them and it's just not clicking keep going because you're you're gonna find somebody but at the end of the day it's a person that'd be with any person you run into right you're not gonna click with anybody i think that's important to know with the therapist and i always tell new clients when i talk to them like hey you might hate me who knows who knows if you like how i talk or not i might be annoying i don't know but at the end of this session if you decide that you don't want to talk to me again like i know other people so try someone else out Mm -hmm. it's not a big deal this is just how the process goes that's awesome so talking to a group of guys, especially a group of guys that work together, has been really great. We've really enjoyed it and all of the information and everything they've shared with us. We've gotten a lot more than we thought we would, which is a great thing. So this is going to be the end of part one with Emilio, Jeremy, and Marco, and we will have a part two because we continue to get a lot of awesome information from them. They're just an, a great group, group of guys, and uh, we hope you guys look forward to part two with us. Thanks for listening.
Thanks for listening to 7525. This podcast is in no way affiliated with any other business or entity. As a reminder, this podcast does not take the place of mental health treatment. If you or somebody you love is struggling, please contact the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. You can also go to their website at suicidepreventionlifeline.org for texting or chat options. You can find us at 75.25 on Instagram or 75 backslash 25 on Facebook.